everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Gluck. I'm a motorsports writer for The Athletic. And each week, I ask the same 12 questions to a different race car driver. Back in October 2014, I had just tweeted that next week's 12 questions is going to be with Cole Witt. And I said, only two more 12 questions this season after that. And I immediately got a Twitter reply from Ryan Blaney. And it said, when am I going to be invited with both the question mark and the exclamation point? So uh, I took care of that immediately. I said, wow, okay. Um, never never done one with this guy at the time. And uh, so we did uh, 12 questions the very next week. And I believe we've done one every year since because he really seems to enjoy them and uh, he's great at doing them. So another fun interview for you today right here on the podcast. Let's give it a listen. All right, everybody, we're here for another 12 questions with Ryan Blaney. Ryan, thank you for doing this. Appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, of course. Uh, so the first one is you must pick one chore or obligation to do every day for a year. But if you do it every day for a year, you never have to do it again for the rest of your life. So what would you like to knock out forever? Either laundry or dishes. Um, I don't actually, I actually don't mind doing the dishes. So I'd say laundry because the throwing them in the washer and dryer isn't really that hard, but I, I hate folding. So... I'm not a good folder either. So I would do laundry for a year straight if I didn't have to do it for the rest of my life. Is there, like, who is a good folder? I mean, I need to, that's, uh, that's the worst part. I mean, my my, my, my mother is. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, my girlfriend is a good folder too, but everyone folds a little differently. Like she yeah. actually, uh, when we started living together, I didn't like the way she folded my shirts. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't like this, but now it's just normal to me. So. Yeah. Okay. At least they're, if they're not wrinkled, whatever gets yeah, done. Yeah, I don't. Whatever gets the job done. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. Uh, can you describe how you are as a passenger in a streetcar? Yeah, a passenger. Um, yeah, I think I'm fine. Like I'm not a backseat driver by any means. I mean, I trust the person whoever's driving me. Um, I just kind of sit back and and do your own thing. It's kind of depends what seat you're sitting if you sitting in. If you're in the front seat, passenger, you're kind of in charge of the music. If you're a backseat passenger, you have full reign to do whatever you want <laughs> um, on your phone, fall asleep, do whatever you want. And the and the passenger, front seat passenger, you have an obligation to talk to the driver as well, keep that person occupied and, and entertained. So, uh, yeah, I will I will talk, play music if I'm front seat. If I'm backseat, I'm I'm fooling off. But I don't sit backseat very often. I get car sick, believe it or not, if I'm oh, in the backseat. Yeah. Uh, so I just I, I don't normally sit uh, in the back. Okay. Yeah, you don't want to be the person to in the front seat who falls asleep because that's kind of bad form. No, that's a bad thing. And, and I've had people do that, and they've like gotten in the front seat, called shotgun, and then they fall asleep. And yeah. my buddies in the back are up, and, and I'm like, okay, this was – you screwed that up immensely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. Uh, what is an app on your phone that you love using and think more people should know about? Um. I don't know. I don't really like the only other app I use other than social media apps. Um, no one else should know about social media apps because <laughs> the less people, the better. But yeah, uh, getting into like more golf here the last two, three years, like it's been called the Grint, G-R-I-N-T. And it's where me and my buddies all kind of have your golf scores and your handicaps. And, you know, I got 20 buddies on there. who You can keep up with their live round scores. You can have like if you're all four playing together, you can have this little tournament on there, on this app. So that that one is like my favorite app uh, for sure, just because you can see all your buddies and like you can. It, I get a notification if 
one of my buddies is playing. So I'll kind of watch his live score and kind of shit talk him a little bit. If he's having a bad round or something like that, I'll make it worse. But uh, yeah, the Grint, it's a good app. Yeah. So you'd be like, you'll, you'll like check in and be like, dude, you tripled eight. What happened? Yeah, yeah. I just get all in his head. Uh, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> I, I put notifications too. So if they shoot, yeah, if they triple one, uh, it ding, it dings me. And, and then it just is floodgates are open. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. I don't think I would want to be. Oh, uh, you got to have it. It's, it's a good one. It's a good, it's good how you keep track of everybody. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Uh, what do you do to make yourself feel better when you're having a crappy day? I don't know. I get over things pretty quickly. If I have a bad day, uh, my dogs always make me feel better because no matter how you're feeling, they're going to be excited to see you. Um, and if you're in a bad mood, you know, you can't be mean to your dogs. Right. So it's like, okay, my mood has to get better if I'm coming home to my dogs. So, yeah. So that part, it kind of changes my mood really quick. Um, that or just start drinking. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not a, like a sad drinker or anything like that. But like a couple beers, if you come home after a crap day, right, they kind of make you feel a little bit, bit better. And then you combine a couple drinks with my dogs. That makes it even better. Dude, so I thought I, I was actually worried about putting this question on because I thought everybody would just say drinking this year. But very few people have said something like that. So I can't figure out if people are just coming up with a reason to like not say it, but that really is the thing that they would do. Or like people just don't do that. And I'm like, oh, I yeah, like I'm not like, yeah, I'm not a, like a sad drinker. Like I don't like, oh, I'm depressed. I want to go drink. Like, I'm just yeah, not yeah. that kind of person. So, um, but something about like if I come home after a crap race or something like that, you know, a couple Sunday night beers, like kind of just, all right kind of decompress forget about it i'm gonna relax have a couple beers and i'm gonna go to bed and my day's gonna be better the next day yeah yeah for sure yeah. okay so uh the next three are all sort of variations of wild card questions just in different categories so the first one is a like a dear abby style question where i've asked people on twitter just like give me your life advice questions and i'll pick a random one for a driver so this one i picked for you this person says my friend got set up on a blind date but before they'd even met the guy started texting her constantly like 60 times a day so my friend got irritated and called off the date. What is the appropriate number of times to text a date before ever meeting them? If you have someone texting you 60 times a day before you've even met, block that person immediately. That <laughs> yeah. person has something wrong with them. Uh, I don't care if it's a guy or a girl. There is something wrong with that person. Um, I understand being excited about a blind date, but there's no need to text someone 60 times a day. Um, that's, that's a little bit overkill. So um, the advice... Yeah, I mean, I just gave it block that person yeah. and and don't go on the blind date because that person is probably a very uh, interesting person to meet and they probably would stalk you, especially <laughs> yeah, after, if yeah. they're that interested in you before you even meet. They're gonna be they're gonna stalk you uh, after they do meet you. So what what how, what's the limit? Like, can you do like ten times? It depends. Like, 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 I don't know if this person's sending like sixty in a row. Like, if it's sixty in a row, like, call nine one one. Like, that's <laughs> that's a that's a big red flag. That's yeah. even worse than a red flag. So, um, I don't know. I think like, I've never been on a blind date before. So it's like, I don't know if some if my buddy would hook me up with one of his girlfriend's friends or something like. You could say you're excited to meet him. You know, what yeah. are you into? Get a get to generally know the person a little bit. That's kind of it. You know, like don't blow Save them up. Save it for the actual date. Yeah, like get a little bit of information so you have things to talk about, but don't yeah. don't uh, go overkill and waste okay. all their minutes. Yes, you know? yeah, okay. Uh, so the next one is sort of like a pop culture societal type 
situation question. Uh, so, okay, someone's following you too closely. You're on a one lane road and there's not an easy place to like pull off the road, but they're like on your ass, right? So what do you do? Like, do you speed up, slow down? Do you like brake check them to like give them like a sign? Like, how do you, how do you handle that there? I just keep doing what I'm doing. I mean, if they, if they <laughs> want to, if they really want to get by, they'll do it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to pull over to let you go. I'm not going to do that. Uh, I'm not going to like speed up because now I'm going faster than I want to. And I'm not wanting to get a speeding ticket because of you. I'm not going to brake check you because that's how stuff starts. You know, then you have that person even more mad. Yeah. I don't know what they're mad about already. I understand if I'm going like 10 miles an hour under the speed limit. Okay. I can understand why you're riding me. But if I'm going like five over or the speed limit, you know, if you really want to pass me, you can find a hash marks and pass me, you know, so I'm really not changing anything that I'm doing. That person okay. can either stew over it or find a way to get by. I'm not, I'm not changing my day up for one person. Okay. I love that. That's a great answer. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So this next one, I went back to our 2015 12 questions. And at the time I'd asked you who you get mistaken for most often. And you said at the time it was Trevor Bain, which I can't even, I don't even understand that at all. But you said that happened all the time back then. Huh. So uh, what would your answer be now? Like who, who do people yeah. confuse you for? I think that was my answer then because I just started driving the 21 car and he was that guy for a while. Oh, I see. I so see. I think in the fire suit at track, people kind of mistook me for him. Oh, that makes sense. Uh, but now I get chased a lot now. Um, LaJoy I get every now and then. Huh. Uh, People are like, hey, Corey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Corey says, he, yeah, people call him me all the time. Uh, I, I, I probably get chased the most, to be honest with you, which really? is fascinating to me because I have no, nothing like the guy. No, uh, no. But, yeah, they mistake me for him all the time. But I some but we will sometimes mess with people, and if we're out somewhere and they will mistake us, we'll just roll with it. Like, I had one person, he and I were out a couple years ago. One person thought we were each other. And you were together. At the and same we time. rolled with it. Oh, yeah. All night. Rolled with it. And I don't know if that person ever found out. It was awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, just <laughs> you're answering in front of each other what the other person Oh, yeah. Say. It was great. It was great. Like, it was fantastic. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, in your career, what is the deal that came closest to ha uh, happening that ended up not working out? Closest deal that almost happened didn't work out. Actually, not no one knows this. Uh, I don't think many, many people know this. I think it was going into 2014. 14 maybe going into 2014 possibly or into 15 um it was going into 2015 i was driving brass truck full-time you know we were i was driving the penske xfinity car and uh furniture row was kurt bush was going to Stuart haas and furniture row was wanting trying to find a driver and they actually asked me to drive the 78 car wow going into 2015 and and martin ended up doing it but that was a conversation that kind of went on for a few months and i was like that's crazy. I've only driven trucks. I've driven only a little bit of Xfinity. Like these guys want me to drive for them um, during that time. So I don't think many people know about that. Uh, it wasn't really even close to happening. We just had a couple talks with them. Um, but yeah, that's something that I kind of remember. That's probably the only thing that like, I wouldn't say it even almost happened, but it was almost a different path. Could have been a different path for me um, back in 2014, 2015. Huh? That's mm -hmm. wild to think about. Wow. Yeah. I definitely didn't know that. Mm -hmm. Um, who is someone you would get starstruck by when meeting them? I've gotten starstruck by a few people. Um, not many. Like when I met Michael Jordan for the first time, that was really neat. I met Kobe. That was super cool. Um, you know, people you liked as a kid, right? And you watched growing up 
who you really enjoyed, you get to meet that person. That's neat. Um, I met Daisy Ridley, the Star Wars chick. I remember that, uh, yeah. At a Lakers game, which was crazy, and I was completely starstruck. And uh, probably missed my opportunity right there. <laughs> but um, those three are probably the, the only three I've kind of gotten starstruck by. I mean, I'll meet you know people I'm a fan of in other sports or entertainers, um, and I'm really appreciative to meet them, but I wouldn't say I'd be starstruck. Uh, those guys, I, I kind of had a loss for words for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good point that you bring up because there's something about, like, the childhood heroes thing that sticks with you. Yeah. Where, like, modern, like, peers almost, like, they're, it, they more come across as normal people. But, like, if you viewed someone as, like, wow, that person growing yeah, yeah. up, they're still like that. It's like a childhood thing in you that you're still, yeah. you, you kind of go back to being a child and, like, remember watching them. Yeah, I think that, yeah. You get more starstruck by those folks, you know, who you liked as a kid than, you know, someone who is maybe your same age or not really old or you didn't really watch as a kid, you know? So, totally, yeah, totally, yeah. Um, what is the single most important skill a race car driver can possess? That's, ooh, that's a good one. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of skills that you need. I mean, obviously having speed is one, right? If you're a can drive a race car really fast i mean that's a big step um you know there's an old saying it's you know you can always slow a driver down you can never speed them up right so uh, i think having the the sense of speed and being comfortable with it especially as a kid you can mold it you know to be a part of you um and then i think another the biggest thing i feel like is always getting better and like always improving like you know you always have to be better year to year week to week and if you're comfortable with kind of transforming yourself every race or every year to try to work on a different skill set. I think that's really important to have, you know, can't, you can't just be the same guy every year. Uh, you always have to try to mold yourself to be someone a little bit different, uh, to kind of go with the times or whatever, you know, you're asking, or maybe you lack somewhere. And I think that change kind of is uncomfortable for people, right? Cause it's maybe you're doing something new, but I think that the guys who can do that, I think are super good. And I, you know, I always bring up Jimmy Johnson, one of the greatest champions ever you know, win all those championships when the cars were evolving so much, you know, when he was doing that, like that takes a lot, him and Canals, that takes a lot of, you know, knowledge and, and, uh, and technique, what they did. So kind of look at that as someone always evolving with what the cars are asking them and they're changing themselves and their skills. That's a really important thing to have. Yeah. That's a great point. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. What life lessons from a young age stick with you and affect your daily decisions as an adult? kind of corny and cliche but uh my mother was a big preacher of you know kind of treat everybody how you want to be treated and just kind of be a genuinely nice person so that obviously sticks with me ever since i've been a kid and kind of goes into adulthood so you know mom put that in me at a young age and you know it's something i try not to forget even though it's hard sometimes to not like you know you want to maybe treat someone badly if they've done you wrong but it's like you know, you kind of have to, you, you want to stay, you know, true to what you were as a kid. So, um, I think those two things mom put in me at a, as a, at a young age and I've tried to carry them into not only, yeah, not only my professional life, but my personal life too. Yeah. That's, that might be the most important yeah. life lesson. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, uh, each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. William Byron was the last one and he wants to know what is the most enjoyable part of golf and why? Oh, nice. Did he know you were yes, doing me? Yes, okay. for you, yeah. Uh, most enjoyable part of golf. Man, 
it's what keeps everyone coming back. You know, it doesn't matter if you're the best golfer in the world or you're the shittiest golfer in the world. Like the one shot that you feel like you are on top of the world, king of the mountain, like just the one shot you're like, I got it. You know, this is, I can do this. You know, I think that is the most enjoyable part to part of golf for me is like searching for that shot that you rarely get, but you know, you do something that exactly in your head, what you wanted to do and you pull it off like that to me, that keeps people coming back for more. Right. So, um, I, gosh, I've been numerous times. You've had a terrible round. You get on like 18 and you just pure the hole and you're like, oh, I'm coming back next week, tomorrow. I'm going to be here tomorrow morning. So it's just that search for that perfect shot. I think is why I enjoy it. And then you line up again and you can't replicate it. Exactly. Yeah. It's the most frustrating thing ever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so I, I don't know exactly who it's with, but I, I believe that the next one's going to be an IndyCar driver because the next one will be going into Indy 500 week. Okay. So maybe a Scotty Mack or somebody like that. I can, so I can, either, I can either try to get back with you when I know exactly who it is, or if you want to just give a general IndyCar question, you're welcome to do that. IndyCar, well. yeah, yeah. If you did Scotty, that'd be good. He and I are good buddies. Uh, it'd be good to have an IndyCar guy. I guess you could ask an IndyCar guy like... Because I don't know their world very well. I, this would be a general question, I guess. So, you know, what was your upbringing? What led you to IndyCar? And did you ever want to do something else? Whether it's NASCAR, F1, whatever kind of racing. Like, what led you to this point? And did you have, did you try to go do any other form of racing? Okay. Okay. I love that. Well, thank you. You're great at these as always. So thank you so oh, much yeah. for doing this. Nice Appreciate to do again. That. Yeah. All right, everybody, there you have it. Ryan Blaney on the 12 questions. And um, just FYI, it looks like the next 12 questions will indeed be with Scott McLaughlin. So I doubled back with Ryan because uh, I know he knows um, Scott pretty well, as he mentioned there, they're friends. And I said, you know, do you, do you want to change up your question um, now that you know it's for him specifically? And Ryan said, yes. Um, here, so here's his question. Ask him what he likes and dislikes about being in America compared to New Zealand. That would be interesting. So that is what I will ask Scott McLaughlin on the 12 questions next week, which will be um, heading into the Indy 500. If you are a um, subscriber to The Athletic and you listen to it there or you read them there, um, otherwise, obviously, um, they come out the the free edition the week afterwards. So um, that will be how that one rolls out. Anyway, hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks, as always, for listening, and I will talk to you next time on the 12 Questions Podcast.